Kia ora and welcome to the Movie Bros Podcast, a podcast that has been in hiatus for four plus years since Captain Marvel's box office openings. I am your host, Requiem King, with... Oh, 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 yes, yes, go introduce yourself, my man. Epsilon, right here. Perfect. Finally, a, a, a co-host again <laughs> for, for so long. How have you been? Good, good. Just being oh. a little busy and stuff with life, but you know. Definitely, definitely. Oh man, it's great to have you back um, for, for such a long time for an episode that will never see the light of day. Um, and today we will be talking about two movies actually, because I uh, was sadly sick the last week. Uh, we'll be talking about Transformers Rise of the Beasts that came out last week, and Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny this week. Uh, both in cinemas right now, uh, especially in premium formats such as IMAX, and go watch it today. Yes, and we'll get to that. Uh, starting with uh, Transformers: Rise of the Beast. And if you don't know, that you know. I'll, I'll yeah. let you speak about it, Epsilon, as you're uh, new here. Yeah, uh, I want to start off by saying. This is one of the, the new main staple Transformer movie that recently came out, right? Yes. Yeah, and it was surprisingly very enjoyable. You know, I never expected to see a different format after, you know, watching uh, the previous incarnations of Transformers on live action mm. due to the negative, you know, impact that it had. Yes. Well, yeah, the the Bayformers, especially when it came to part four and five, started dwindling because Michael Bay said that he had no love left for it since um, Transformers 3 Dark of the Moon. And then Travis Knight came in in 2018 and made Bumblebee and brought it back to Generation 1 that us 80s lovers would love. And now um, Stephen Cable Jr. has come from Creed 2 to make Rise of the Beasts another love letter to the Transformers staple and brings in the Maximals or, or the Beast. And how did you feel about their um, interpretation in this film? It felt true to the actual cartoon iterations of Transformers and it felt great to watch. The action sequences and all that were very pristine and it was a very enjoyable movie to watch. It, it, especially when it came to the final battle that final oh, yes, battle yes. yeah um i'll let you go ahead and describe it the final battle seems to be a mixture of michael bay uh esque kind of showcase of explosions however also interpreting the actual uh power scaling of these transformers and the impact they have on the, on the battlefield it was a very the the movie itself, especially uh, not spoiling. However, has a very strong esque to how much emotional connections I guess each of these Transformers has to Earth. Definitely, and I I do like the fact that it didn't take place in a city this time. Yes, um, yes, yes. It brought it into a big landscape with multiple different enemies and different variations, so it felt very fresh. Um, Oh, definitely. Also, the soundtrack was great in it. I, I, I think we were bumping our heads to it. It was really good. And um, I, I think it was very enjoyable. Um, but if you had any criticisms towards the film, what would you say they were? Uh, I would say 
the couple were, I guess, power scaling. Mm. Uh, some action sequences seemed a little too light, especially with how much uh, damage an opponent can take. For example, the main villain seemed a little too strong at points, however, by the end felt a lot weaker for some reason. Mm. Oh, definitely. Um, Scourge, played by uh, Peter Dinklage. Yeah, I think I think he was an uh, incredible villain. He was uh, built up to be this big powerhouse and then couldn't fight off Optimus Prime. Um, but still, I think, yeah, the, uh, the power scaling is a little all over the place because mm. it's really up to the writers and how they write mm. these characters. But um, what was your other criticism? Well, I also wanted to say uh, at points, I felt the movie had a little too uh, little, I guess, uh, impact in certain scenes where, for example, the whole fight sequence seemed like it seemed to be in the background too much, where I would have liked to see more of the Transformers fighting in, in unison as happened, because it, it was very strong, that whole sequence was very entertaining to watch and the more I could watch some of that kind of content it would make me more excited. Oh, oh definitely. Uh, how did you feel about the human characters like Noah and Elena? Mm, I like them, I like them. Uh, I would say they were the very strong characters for I guess this iteration of Transformers. Uh, it felt uh, fresh from the Michael Bay uh, series of humans. Especially like Sam McWickey and yeah, Cade, yeah, yeah. Um, forgot his last name, Mark Wahlberg's character. But yeah, Noah, Elena, and then we had Charlie back in 2018 with Haley Steinfeld. Really fresh characters, actually human and not yes. sexual representations. Um, but yeah, uh, giving Noah a, a armor in this movie was pretty badass. Uh, yes, it felt it felt very um, I guess I wouldn't say Power Ranger esque. I would say. Uh, I felt the human representation, the connection between humans and Transformers to that point, with the whole power armor uh, uh, setup, very strong. Yeah, it finally gave humans a, a real reason to be in a battle like that, apart from like the military, like Sam just running around um, Chicago um, was quite useless in Dark of the Moon, even though he had a grappling hook and killed Starscream, which was funny. Um, but Noah actually having a battle suit, kind of like Max Steel minus the morphing. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, but no, I, I think it was really cool. I would like to say, um, it felt very intense throughout the whole movie and felt great to see all the action. Especially when they're rolling down the cliff. That sequence was perfectly shot really well. Yeah, that Puri sequence um, is one of my favorites because of the scope. It shows you how big these robots actually are. Um, I thought they would kind of um, scale them down a little, but they were massive. And I, I still like that. True to the actual, uh, thing. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, but other than that, I think there were some CG bits in the middle, but they only yeah. like flash for like 30 seconds. Yeah. But other um, than that, yeah. Actually, pretty. a quip I had during the movie was the fact that uh, the radio signals between Chris Diaz somehow seems to reach across the globe. I know, that was funny. That was like, ah, uh, you know, 
radio signals don't reach out that far, so I was pretty shocked that that was a thing. Yeah, and especially with um, 1994 was the was the year of it. Yeah. Um, yeah, it was weird being in Peru and you can hear from like New York City. Um, I thought that was very funny. Um, but very funny. <laughs> like, come on, Noah, you got this. You know what he has. <laughs> you know what he has. It was, I, it was very impactful, though. I loved it. It, was, oh. it had a very good sequence. Yeah. Yeah. It, the the thing hit correctly. I'm very well brought together. I would say. Yeah. Uh, themed very corny, but really funny. I loved it. Yeah. Um, what was it when when the final moments of the movie when you hear um, Steve Jablonski's theme from the tr- uh, 2007 movie? Yeah. Come back in such a triumphant way when um, Optimus Primal brings Optimus back from the wormhole, and you just hear it blaring in such a powerful way. It was it was incredible. <laughs> I can't I would Solid eight to nine out of ten. Yeah, very strong movie. It yeah, had, it had it had from the beginning all the way to the end. It it hit every sequence correctly. Yeah, honestly, I would think an eight point five to a nine. It, it hit everything the Flash was missing, and yeah. even though both these movies had heart, the Flash was just hollow. Well, this had something in it, and this was a true summer blockbuster. And I would, I would also like to say, yeah? Yeah. Verified audience score to all audience scores on Rotten Tomatoes shows a very similar rating. Oh, which definitely. shows a really good thing. Yeah, um, yeah, and when it comes to something like Rotten Tomatoes, we kind of um, take the critic score into hand, which uh, is now critic becoming... Critic scores, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. I actually wanted to ask about this. Actually. Yes. So, critic scores seem to be around mid-tier. They, they seem to not dislike it too much however at the same time they did not like the whole sequence of transformers being evolved into this new era this new renaissance era where they're bringing back the original looks of these characters instead of you know making them more realistic yeah um i i I, funny enough i don't take critics um to any standard because it's just their <laughs> opinion. Um, I do take the audience because they are the general um, yes. general they moviegoers. Have, they yeah. have a rating around 88 to 90 Yeah, and also critics go in critiquing the film. Well, audiences take their families and just have fun, so mm. I'd rather take the opinion of someone who goes to cinema and have fun for two hours than someone who's sitting there with a notebook jotting down, this is shit. This is wrong. This is right. But yeah, I'm glad the audiences are really liking this new Transformers movie. It, it's giving me hope. Now, onto the movie that may be controversial to a lot of people Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. I will get this out of the way. We have different opinions. Spoiler alert. But. If we look at Rotten Tomatoes, it is currently at a 68% critics and an 89% audience. Yes. Audiences are really liking this movie. Sadly, it's not doing well in its opening days in America, but we can talk about that later. But Ipsom, how was your experience with Indiana Jones and the Dialogue Destiny? Actually, I came out of that movie 
expressing a quite a low approach to this movie actually mm. due to the fact that it felt lacking at times i guess to the uh consistency that it had at the beginning i kept so essentially what has happened is they have such a great beginning mm. that you want to keep that great beginning going throughout the whole movie and they were failing quite diff like hard at keeping that standard unfortunately they had the classic indiana jones for the first couple like minutes which seems to like you know push the old views of this is a great movie this is gonna be amazing out however uh overall it was slightly disappointing to see that it wasn't able to end out as strongly as it began oh yes uh, i do see your points um while I, oh, I do love that opening, it was very much indie. Oh, definitely. But um, just coming out of the cinema, um, I just felt like a little kid again. I had smile from from cheek to cheek. I was like a classic indie adventure. Did it feel like a final send off to indie that felt deserving? Not really. Um, I thought he should have went out with a much bigger bang. But time manipulation's quite big, you know. Along with aliens, but other than that, yeah. Uh, the de-aging process that was complained about by the critics wasn't as, like... I couldn't really see it during that scene. It didn't feel as, like, impactful. Yeah. And, like, it didn't feel like it's that bad. It felt okay. Um, were there any other critiques of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny? Moving on from the beginning sequence, yes, beginning sequence it very strongly. Okay. I would say if they got all of it correctly, it would have been a ten. Mm. And tens are very rare to even me to get. Yes. However, yeah. unfortunately, uh, the continuation of constant nagging from uh, the actor for Indiana Jones. Amy Waller Bridger. Yes. The continuation of the whole um, villain's uh, armor that was produced throughout that whole film, mm. as well as Harrison Ford's uh, constant age referencing, yeah, it was very hard for me to swallow to keep to to want the old Indiana Jones back. Unfortunately, it wasn't gonna be as I was expecting. However, I would like to re, re reprise my uh, point system of giving it only a four and okay. maybe increase it to, I would say, a six. Ooh, what made you increase it? <laughs> well, upon re, re like, thoughts, mm. all the sequences from the ending scene, as well as the messaging that brought about from how we are now moving on to the new generation of uh from old indian jones to this new iteration i guess we would say yes however it's not a new iteration as you know as phoebe waller is her own character and this is our final hurrah as harrison ford leaves the role um it w was a proper send-off i would say yeah he did get the happy ending that he truly deserved um, but yeah, touching on uh, Phoebe's character, 
Yeah, um, I, I do see what you meant yesterday when it came to her being a new indie, but definitely her own character. But she had mannerisms of indie that he would have had in this movie. Uh, but I think he was written in the way that Harrison Ford himself would have written himself. Would have been written. Yeah, because there were Harrison... certain sequences which I was wishing for Harrison Ford to be acting. However, seemingly uh, spoiler alert for the folks ahead. Uh, during the sequence where he is kidnapped at the end, where mm. they get the full dial. I felt as though it was more uh, needed for Phoebe Waller to be kidnapped in the sequence, and Indiana Jones rides that motorcycle. Or, or even the kid. Or even yes. the kid. Um, so, yeah. in, it seems that in this movie, they seem to have pushed more of the side characters in this movie, compared yeah. to previous iterations. Yeah. Um, it does give me, um, it harkens back to Temple of Doom, um, same side characters, um, same indie. Um, I think very much a lot of the same. It's just missing that um, heart that old Indy had and somehow Kingdom of the Crystal Skull had. But again, Harrison Ford's getting older. He's basically acting as himself in this movie. Um, grumpy and old. But I, I think, yeah, with the plane sequence, I think he could have had more time to shine acting-wise. Or whoever was writing the movie could have put more emphasis on Harrison Ford's like Oscar tropes. I would say certain parts of the movie I felt had more impact than others. However, overall, um, pretty pretty up there movie. It, it, I would say like the beginning section very strong, started strong. Middle was kind of uh, too lacking, where it pushed certain things more than others. However, overall had a mid-tier uh, experience, yes? Mm. And ending sequence, even if it's not the ending we would have liked, is was an ending that expressed a happy ending for our final harumph of Harrison Ford. Oh, definitely. And um, I'm not going to go into spoilers, but I say this time period is really cool to see. And I hope they make like more movies in this time period. That's all I'm going to say. It looked really cool. But again, it's very Disneyified. <laughs> it felt a little like too pristine. Everything felt a little too clean. In my Definitely. And then you just got these guns just mowing down people. It's yeah. hilarious. But there was no blood. There was nothing. They didn't express so much blood in that film. But I guess that's due to the um, ratings for the movie. Yeah, I don't think indie films really had that much blood apart from um, Temple of Doom, where he drank blood. Yes, yes. Sacrilegiously, but other than that, no, indie films are, are violent, but not to the point where, like... Yeah, <laughs> it expresses... There was a certain sequence where, if you remember in the past, where Indiana Jones was about to fight a swordsmaster and then just gets shot. <laughs> yeah, flipping a sword and everything, and then... Yeah, that, that was, was a sequence I really enjoyed to see. I would have liked to see more jokes like that. Yeah. Over, you know, overall. What would you give a rating, like, final? Final rating? I would overall say 6.5 to... Yeah, 6.5 to around 6.8 out of 10. Well, that's great to hear. I would I would still give it a 7, 7.5. 
Um, I had I had a really fun time. I think I just like things a lot. Um, but um, this film just was a classic indie adventure. It felt like a Saturday morning cartoon. Kind of harkens back to like Transformers Rise of the Beast kind of being like a Saturday morning cartoon. And to tie it all up, spoiler alert, they really like killing off Shia LaBeouf's character behind screen. <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs> oh, actually, yes. within that, I would like to also say there was certain issues where I saw um, where they kept uh, trying to ex- sorry, I would I would have liked to see, sorry, uh, Indy crack his whip a little bit more during the movie. I think there's only like two to three scenes where the whip was actually used. Oh uh, yeah, I, I think I brought that up when I said I don't want to be racist and I'm brown. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see him whip his whip more. <laughs> but yeah, uh, that's one thing that was kind of lacking. There was a major scene in, um, in a certain area within the middle of the film where he does it. But I think it's for jokes and gags. It was an actual sequence of, of fighting. But overall, I, yeah, Dollar Disney, good time in the movies, right? Mm. Yeah, it was. A, it's a great movie to watch at that period of time. You know, when you find time to watch it, go to cinema and definitely check it out. Yeah, I, I, I would recommend it. Um, it, it's not as strong as the first three films. Um, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is really up there for a lot of people. I don't mind it. It's just the aliens, but this one. It had everything that you want from an Indiana Jones film, but it lacked something that I think I need to watch it again to find what it was. Final talk about the upcoming releases within July. It is currently the end of July. Uh, We have Mission Impossible and Dead Reckoning Part 1 coming out in a couple of of weeks, actually. There are early screenings next week, but they're all packed. Um, And then... So we will be back next week with with two new topics. We'll be talking about the new season of Warrior, which drops its first three episodes tomorrow. Uh, its fourth episode, the Monday coming. And we will be talking about the first three episodes of Secret Invasion, as well as bringing back Box Office. And... Oh, Oh, definitely. And we'll be talking about the best movies or or video games or TV shows of the year so far next week. And then the week after, we have Mission Impossible Dead Reckoning Part 1. We'll be reviewing that, but also continuing with Warrior and Secret Invasion. It'll be like this for the rest of July, along with Barbie and Oppenheimer. (laughs) Interesting combo. This, you know, that feels like, um, Doom and, uh, Animal Crossing. <laughs> exactly. Barbenheimer. <laughs> Barbenheimer. <laughs> I can't wait to see the, uh, or the, uh, two different, completely different genres people are doing, you know. Such a depressing film about fucking atomic bomb and then you got Barbie. Epsilon, do you have any closing statements? Uh, nothing at the moment, but I'm very interested in watching the next series of films, which is going to be Oppenheimer and Barbie. <laughs> Barbenheimer hit the Um, and thoughts would be, I hope you guys have a great July. We are nearly at the end of 2023. We are currently wrapping. Yes, 
Yeah, halfway there. But feel, currently, feels like it's only been like a couple months to be honest. I know. It feels like it was March yesterday. Anyway, I am your host, Recring King, with my co-host Epsilon, and I hope you all have an incredible night. Movie Bros out.